Welcome to Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And we continue our journey on the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, to help you understand what the horsemen are or how they're idealized in John, you got to go back to our last episode. If you don't care about that, then I guess, you know, we're going to talk about them one by one now. But today's horseman is... The one on the white horse. And it's the most confusing of all. And this is all the more reason when I was a kid that I'm like, why? You know, like, because I didn't, like, first off, I read that. And like I said in our last episode, it's Jesus who breaks the seals. And then horsemen attack and destroy everything, you know? Mm -hmm. And that always caused me to see, like, Jesus as, like, uh, I'm coming for you. You know, whereas, <laughs> whereas we, we talked by the end of the last episode that it's more like, Jesus has been handed a scroll of the things that are going to happen before everything is, before he comes back. And it's all got to do with a lot of the earth just falling apart. And this is the first one to pop off. And it's not as though Jesus is causing this to happen so much as though almost like these beings that have been locked up that God has kept us safe from. God is now just, look, you don't want me. You're not going to follow me, which is much of what Revelation is about, is that nobody anymore wants to give themselves over to God as though the entire world is like, nope, we don't want him. And so in this last, in these last days, God is like, okay, then I'm releasing protection that I once held, and now look what happens when you don't want me. You know, That's commonplace all throughout the Bible, where judgment is not so much God doing something to us as much as it is God not doing something to us he protects us from the flood but the flood happens when he steps back from holding back the water you know okay so anyways that being said here's all the more reason i was confused because the first horseman adds to the confusion of why you're like why jesus right i watched the lamb open one of the seven seals and i heard one of the four living creatures with a voice like thunder say come i looked and behold a white horse, and its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. What is your first assumption here? Why does he have a crown? What would be your response to your own question? I mean... <laughs> so remember, if we back up a little bit in Revelation, we've got the four constellation head people guys... Who all throw their crowns at Jesus' feet? 24 elders, yeah, throwing their crowns. Mm -hmm. There's the four living creatures, 24 elders. The four living creatures might have had crowns too, I don't remember. At least the 24 oh, elders did. did. Yeah, so... And it's kind of like... That would be like authority or power. Right? Yeah. Yeah. These are, these are like angelic beings that haven't given their authority to Jesus. They're acting of their own will. So at least in oh that's a good point on this one. So the crowns are showing that they kept they their authority, but now they're going about and obviously misusing it. Well, actually, in this particular one, um, its rider had a bow and a crown was given to him. Oh, never mind. I take it all back. Well, that still means like a certain amount of authority was given to him, right? Mm -hmm. a certain amount of authority, power, and dominance in some kind of way is handed to this guy but do any of the other ones get a crown the second horseman gets a sword the third horseman gets scales 
And the fourth horseman is given authority over a fourth of the earth. So no, this is the only one that gets a crown. So what else does that make you think of? I mean, he's the first one of the group. So mm -hmm. like, typically, when you're thinking of a battlefield, at least when I think of a battlefield, like usually the king is up front. If it's a good king, if it's a bad king, he's in the back. So like, if this is considered more of a good king, he's up front and going to lead by example as opposed to send them to go and defend him. Hmm. Um, but I still have no idea why he was given a crown. Like, Well, what's going to play a huge focus throughout the rest of Revelation is royalty, countries, kings, the power that they hold and what they do. So... One of the possible reasons that's suggested as to why this first one gets a crown is because this first horseman represents the kings of the earth, more or less. The royalty of the earth and the people who have been given power over the earth. Even Jesus himself, when he goes up to um, Herod, right? I think it's... Uh, let's pull it up. You would not have had this authority, this power over me John 19:11 so in John 19:11 um he ends up in front of Pilate excuse me uh he enters the headquarters again and Pilate says where are you from but Jesus gave him no answer so Pilate said to him you will not speak to me do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you now this is Jesus right you would think you'd be like, dude, you ain't got no authority over me. Like, I'm God in flesh, don't you know? <laughs> don't you know? Uh, but instead, Jesus says, you would have no authority over me at all, unless I have been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. So Jesus himself recognizes that even, like, pol politicians and kings in his own time mm -hmm. did carry authority because they were put in places to try to patrol the earth in their own way and bring about justice doesn't mean they do it clearly because they're about to kill jesus right um pilate's about to play a part in jesus's own crucifixion um but jesus recognizes like the only authority that you have is because god gave it to you right so in the sense of revelation and that was john by the way and who writes revelation in my opinion same john based on all the themes connecting between the two books. Um, but John in Revelation recognizes that there's someone whom's given a crown. And we could say that God's the one giving the crown, because anybody who should be carrying a, a position of power, like such positions only exist because of the ability to do good and justice, you know, good and just things. Doesn't mean that they do, but that's, that's what they're there for. So maybe, maybe in this sense, the crown has to do with royalty, which, or the crown has to do with power and authority, which God has granted to human kings. But if so, then what does this human king do? I mean... Comes out conquering and to and conquer. And to conquer. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> you know, like, why not just say conquering? Why and to conquer? Well, I think his purpose is to conquer, but he came out conquering. 
Like, not as if conquering was an accident, but, like, it was his purpose. Or it's just, uh, when you look throughout history, is this not the way it always ends up going, you know? The Ukraine right now, like, why does Russia have to conquer? Why does Russia come out conquering, you know? Like, that just tends to be what happens when people are handed crowns, and they're supposed to do just things, but instead, they end up just going power hungry and conquering, 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 right? That happens within Christianity, and that happens outside of Christianity. And the way that Revelation is going to paint politics as we keep moving on, we'll have episodes on that. We've talked about it before in some of our other ones. You can check out our episodes on Christian nationalism if you really want to see where we've gotten into this before. Um, but uh, the beast, who is Satan, the beast is going to have his own unholy trinity of sorts later in Revelation, and human kings and nations are like their puppets, as though they're on Satan's strings, and he's up here doing a marionette thing to, to the human kings. So, yeah, there's a whole confusing thing going on here. But the white horse, which you could almost think of royalty with that, probably, right? I mean, the symbolism... Lord Farquaad! <laughs> you both face-palmed me right yep. there. <laughs> Um, no, mostly white horses are usually seen for the hero. So that's the weird symbolism here. Is that the way that they usually view their kings? They would, yeah. Mm. But, like, is there any instance where this could be good? So that's, that's a confusion. So let's finish the portrait we just painted. Because what we realized was someone comes out on a white horse, kind of makes us think of hero or... Or royalty or something of that caliber. He's given a crown, which makes us think of, okay, they've got power in some way. They have authority in some way. Um, you could go Olivia's route with, like, this is spiritual principalities because they're carrying crowns like the 24 elders. Or we could go human route where this is, um, you know, human kings and queens, things like that. Or could go both routes. Because the Bible's portrait of nations is that they're assigned to little g gods. They're assigned to spiritual entities with power and authority. And that the humans that reign over those nations are like, again, the marionettes, the puppets. That you have like a spiritual being and an earthly being working together in some kind of twisted way. So it could be heavenly authority with human authority. But it's not mimicking God, right? Because they go out to conquer, they come out conquering, and to conquer. Like that's such a weird, such a weird state. It's like Jesus when he says, "Give us today our daily bread." Like, you just said that twice, you know. Like, but like that, that that has good overtones to it. This one's like, came out conquering, and to conquer. <laughs> like I get it. Bloodshed and bloodshed, death and death, more and more power. One little crown going to your head, more crowns need to grow, right? So it doesn't feel pleasant, doesn't feel good. But what Casey just said, is there any way in which this is good? And this is where young Jamin was, just totally went your route, right? Because Jamin always grew up with songs about Jesus riding on a white horse. <laughs> Ursuit, anybody? No? I think I've heard it, yeah. Nope. I'm surprised if you had. Okay. Well, uh, Jesus later in this, let's even see if we can find it right now. 
White horse. Jesus. Whoa, I'm back in Zechariah. Why? No, go back. Revelation 9. White horse. Thought we were in Revelation 6. We were. But in... Oh, yeah, right. Revelation 6. Excuse me. Uh, later in Revelation 19, heaven opens and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges, judges and makes war. Who's that? He's called the Word of God. <laughs> Who's that? Jesus. Jesus. He's called the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Who's that? Right? So Jesus is going to show up later on a white horse. Which most Christians kind of, even if they haven't read Revelation much, they've heard the Jesus riding on a white horse expression or have seen the picture drawn somewhere. So for me, when I read Revelation 6 and I see Jesus, well, I see the first horseman of the apocalypse and he's wearing a crown like King Jesus and he's, he's, uh, um, he has a bow. He has, well, I don't know if that, well, Jesus had a sword out of his mouth, right? So there's a difference there. But he's on a white horse. Like, as soon as I read that, my first thought as a kid is like, this is Jesus. And the lamb has been handed a crown and told to go kill and kill and kill more. You know? Like, no, conquer. Conquer doesn't always mean kill. It's not pleasant, though. And there's usually killing in conquering somewhere. Usually. Usually. But what does conquer mean for the Jesus perspective throughout Revelation? What does it usually mean? Well, for Jesus to conquer, he always has to die. Right. Same with the Christians that Jesus writes to in all the letters. He keeps telling them those who conquer will get this. Those who conquer will get this. And what he always means by it is those of you who are martyrs and die for my sake, just like I died for your sake, you'll conquer and you get this. This is not the same. <laughs> this, this is a conquering of like go out and destroy things. Whereas Jesus is kind of conquering, and the kind of conquering he's written to the Christians about is where people are willing to lay down their lives for the sake of love. So, We have said conquer too many times, but no longer <laughs> sounds like a real word to me. doesn't sound like a real word. It's lost all meaning at this point. But my point is, like, John's still using that word, but now there's a different, like, well, I mean, feeling to it. It doesn't match all the ways he's used it so far. Right. Well, and to me, like in the way this sits, if the world has gotten so corrupt and a heavenly being is conquering, mm. would they be trying to root out the corruption by conquering? I feel like when you look at all the other four horsemen, that's not the feeling you get. I know, but I'm just... Because we're hyper-focused on this one. Well, that's the human perspective of conquering, though. I see evil, I must conquer it in order to stop evil from happening. Whereas the Jesus perspective of conquering is, I see evil, I love you, I forgive you, I conquered. <laughs> you know, like, so... It just doesn't sound like conquering, though. Yeah, but that's that's the whole point. That's the whole point. That's that's the absurdity of John constantly It should be a different it. word. Well, I feel like that's why John uses it here, though. There's There's Jesus conquering and there's demonic conquering. And this one is of the demonic variety. You know when you like use the same word, but you phrase it differently to make a point? Yeah. No. That's what John's doing now. Yes, you do. You, <laughs> you do it all the time, Casey. Okay, touche. Anyways, young Jamin, like, 
Jesus breaks the seal, and then we get a picture of Jesus on a white horse coming in and destroying everyone. That's the way I viewed it as a kid. As an adult, now having read through Revelation several times and read a bunch of studies on it, this particular one, for me, this is not, this is not Jesus. This is almost a mimic. There are going to be places throughout Revelation where Satan mimics Jesus. The most hilarious one is, <laughs> is when he shows up as a dragon, but he tries to talk like a lamb. You know, it's like, man, <laughs> it's just like, it's supposed, to, that's supposed to be hilarious. Like, who would fall for this, you know? But then you look throughout history and people do it all the time, especially in recent memory. So my point is like, people give into that all the time. It's like, ah, behold, the Lamb of God. Yes, follow me. <laughs> and that's that's what I think we're supposed to do here. This is the fake white horse trying to mimic Jesus. This is the conquering Jesus that pe- that all the Jews were waiting for, right? This is what everybody was like, we need the Messiah to come and destroy all of our enemies. This is where you think he showed up, but later we get the real white horse. And like, oh, that other one was a phony. Yeah. Does it say who hands him the crown? A crown was given to him. It does not. So maybe the crown was given to him by Satan so that he could mimic Jesus. That could be it. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's much more of a demonic variety to these four horsemen than there is a angelic one. Um, okay, as we wrap up real quick, I'm just going to pull from G.K. Beale. He's a huge expert on New Testament in general and has written... A good uh, several good points as to why this wouldn't be Jesus. Okay, I'm just going to give you a synopsis really quick out okay. of the book of Revelation, commentary on the Greek text. Okay, uh, he says the following considerations point to the satanic character of the writer. I'm not going to read this all. I'm just going to choose a few. The language of conquering is used elsewhere of the beast oppressing the saints. Okay, so we do have good conquering, but conquering is used throughout Revelation in a negative way. This is the first time i think uh number two in zechariah the horses are identified together as being in the same nature which we at least know we're about to get the death in hades with like capitals capital death capital hades so we would think that the first horseman belongs with them and if we don't think that then you all see jesus like come on satan let's go you know that that becomes more confusing too right Right? Yes. (laughs) So, again, like, it helps to be like, no, the white horse in this case belongs with the other ones. Um, Then he says, number three, Revelation 12 to 13 portrays Satan and his minions as deceiving by imitating Christ's appearance. Okay? Uh, Number four, the prophecy of false Christs and false prophets who will come in Christ Jesus and mislead is mentioned as the very first of the woes preceding Jesus's Parousia in each of the versions of the synoptic apocalypse. In other words, sorry, there's a lot of words. In the Gospels, when Jesus tells people that he's uh, uh, what life will be like when he finally returns, in all the Gospels, like the first thing he says is, People are going to pretend to be me. So, this is one of the first things that we see happening in Revelation. People are pretending to be him. Um, and that started happening as soon as the book of Acts, when there was a guy named Bar Jesus who rose up and, like, it's him. So, uh, five, 
The horsemen from, form a quartet to be distinguished literarily from the remaining three seals, like the four trumpets. So he sees it all going into like parallel judgments. Number six, as is sometimes suggested, it might be awkward for Jesus to break the seal and then he's in the vision at the same time. Right, right? yeah. That's my thought on that one. There are a lot of commentaries that point to like, why is Jesus the lamb and the guy and the horse at the same time? So yeah, they would agree with Olivia. I don't always know if I consider that the strongest of arguments. Like, you could have a vision of yourself in another light. Right, but, but that's it, it not does really make a more vision sense. that's going on here. Yeah, and it does make more sense that, like, John just spent all that time focusing on Jesus as a lamb. Why suddenly, like, now the lamb is a conquering, <laughs> come-to-kill-everyone kind of person. War hero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, seven, if it is correct to understand that the fourth horseman is death, then the first must be evil. And eight, demonic agent, agents of judgment are likened to horses prepared for battle have something like crowns on their heads and are addressed with authorization clause. Um, in this regard, many have suggested that the first horseman is at least partly an allusion to the Parthians of Asia who were noted for their success in battle because of their horsemanship and skill with the bow. Now, this isn't in there, but Psalm 91 talks about a particular demon that comes with a bow as well, so... I wonder if John's connecting that in his mind at all. Maybe not. I don't see any evidence for it, but uh, the bows of Reshef. Okay, so with all that being said, what do you guys think? I think it's not Jesus. I would agree with you, Casey. I think, I like that he has a bow, but other than that, I don't like him. All right. <laughs> yeah. I. Because uh, justice for Legolas. My progression is kind of weird on this one. Young Jamin's like, it's Jesus and he's hurting everyone. Older Jamin became like a... Um, uh, uh, what was I going to say? It was good. It probably wasn't that good. <laughs> you were a pacifist and... I am, but that wasn't what I was going to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to help you with something. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what older Jamin thought. But current Jamin now looks at this as like, oh, it's a mimic. And this is the mimic. It's a mimic! This is the mimic that Christian nationalism bows to all the time. And it makes me sick. And that's why I especially like so, to focus. So that means they open the wrong chest and try to attack them? Not that kind of mimic. No, this is the kind of mimic that people have mistaken Jesus for since prior to Jesus showing up. <laughs> there was many people that people thought was the Messiah before Jesus came around. <laughs> and uh, the fact that Jesus had any momentum after he didn't look anything like what they were hoping he'd look like just adds to the validity that Jesus is the Messiah, you know. But yeah, okay. So there's our, there's our content on the, the white horse. It's a mimic. It's a mimic. That's an expression, right? People say that. Yeah, mostly in D and D context. Pretty okay. much, yeah. Still not atheists. <laughs> We're not atheists. Stop commenting it. Doesn't no, no. make any sense. <laughs> no, no. Make sure that we're we know that you're listening. Comment. We're not atheists in the Discord. <laughs> that'll be that'll be our 
That'll be our Jackson Cloud next merch shirt drops. We're, <laughs> we're not atheists. We're not atheists. <laughs> Which you can now get for twenty nine ninety nine.